This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I'm Shelly Till alongside my partner, Dave O'Hara, and we're excited to have you back if you joined us in the first episode. If not, welcome in. And if you did listen to us the first time, and or the, even if this is your first time, go ahead and check us out on your podcast app, whatever that is, rate it, subscribe. That's the lingo in the podcast world, I'm told. And all that does is help us to make sure more people know we're out here and so if you like it rate subscribe and go ahead and share with with your friends and family but we are excited to be with you again today we have a guest that is near and dear to my heart all pro or pro bowler excuse me george kittle he will be all pro i'm calling it i'm visualizing <laughs> it dave are you with me on that one uh, you know what i was gonna laugh and say shelly keep going you got it right because that's gonna happen you're exactly right well we certainly hope so but george will be george kittle from the san francisco 49ers former iowa hawkeye tight end will be joining us as our first official guest on too much grit to quit and we're excited to have him and i know that uh he's he's happy to be joining us hopefully we'll get him on here more than once i think i have some pull in that arena well if you don't uh as as you and i joked about in a previous podcast if not you soon will because uh and i'm going to say this to george as a young man he's got it figured out right the old expression shelly as you know is happy wife happy life but i i've added to that over the years happy mother-in-law happy wife happy life (laughs) so uh provided and i'm sure he'll chuckle and say no dave you're exactly right i learned that from men older than me back in the day and i'm an older man than george so Hopefully I can pass that wisdom, but I think he's got that figured out. And Shelly, I really love your call to action to our listeners because we, uh, I, you know, ask again as Shelly just did, listeners to please rate us uh, to, to when you uh, and also um, uh, share us. But as Shelly had mentioned earlier, and I'll be uh, repetitive and almost to a point because we really want to get this out there uh, on our our Twitter and Facebook. We're the digit two, two of us, Shelly and myself, Dave. So too much grit to quit, both with the digit of. Two and then uh, that's Twitter and Facebook and then Instagram is two and that's T double O too much grit with the digit to quit and then of course on uh, email you can reach us much grit at gmail dot com so Shelly you and I have talked about this in the previous podcast and uh, we're going to continue to talk about this we don't do anything in this world or on this show or any shows that we're about to do in the future Shelly your podcast without being vulnerable or without input and being a team. And I know you're like me. We have, we have athletic backgrounds, and to this day we still are involved, uh, you and I both, it's in separate entities and together. We have nothing without the listeners, and they're our team. So I, I know you're like me. We always want to encourage our listeners for any guest suggestions, any story suggestions. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, to that point about, you know, the whole purpose of what we're doing as, as we've talked about is, is to give that platform for people to come on and tell their stories. And, um, I love to always say, this is the key. This could be the key to help somebody else unlock their chains or, or, you know, we all have things that we've gone through and a lot of times they can affect you in good ways, but sometimes not in, in 
such great ways. And so if there's a story that someone might hear, a listener might hear, it could encourage you. It could encourage your son or daughter or your spouse or maybe someone you teach or coach. And so I know I had great coaches in in uh, when I was growing up younger, and they really got me onto the sport of basketball and, and quite frankly changed my life um, when I was a young young woman or young young girl actually and so just having the ability to share people's stories and some people you're going to know some people are quote unquote kind of famous and some you're going to be like oh, I didn't haven't ever really heard of that person but everyone has a story is the point and so um, to Dave's point if you know someone that would love to be on the show or a story that we need to hear email it to us and Shelly, what I'm so enthused about when you and I talk about this show and the concept and getting listeners involved, we want the shared experience. So I mentioned this in the previous podcast, as did you, Shelly, and want to reiterate it for this podcast as well. The reason we will use, and I use the word use intentionally, not in a negative way, but a positive way, uh, using a, a person like your son-in-law, George Kittle, with that platform and, that, and what that involves, we, we want the listeners and want everybody to say... Boy, he's no different than I am, even though he's a famous all-pro or soon-to-be all-pro, but a Pro Bowl uh, tight end. And I can say this for a fact, Shelley, record-setting tight end only in his second That's year. Right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, going from being you know pretty, I don't want to say oft-injured, but he was nicked up a lot at Iowa, and everybody will tell you, oh, every guy plays injured. But I had a conversation uh, since the most recent NFL draft with a lot of Iowa reporters, uh, same guys that cover the Hawks that you know, Shelley, on my other programs. And, you know, they, we talked about George and the tradition of tight end at the University of Iowa football. So there's a lot of expectation, and that's what I want the listeners to know. It's not just George Kittle or uh, T.J. Hawkinson or Noah Fent most recently at Iowa tight ends to because that's where George's name came up. They said, well, do you think Hawkinson could be a George Kittle, or do you think Noah Fent could mm-hmm. be a George Kittle? And I'm sure George heard that earlier with, do you think George could be a Dallas Clark? And these are all former famous Iowa tight ends, and Dallas had an illustrious career until injuries cut it short, but he was Peyton, uh, Peyton Manning go-to guy for the Indianapolis Colts as a tight end for many years. And and so I, I'm curious, like in George's case and what you and I have talked about, I want the listeners to go instead of going, oh, here's a famous guy. I, there's no relatability. There is incredible relatability because remember, before we all knew George as we know George today, he was not famous. So exactly. he's got great stories and I'm sure you can go into much more better than that than I can, Shelley. Yeah, and he's, um, I laugh because there's a um, uh guy that covers the 49ers joe fan is his name mm-hmm. f-a-n mm-hmm. f-a-n or f-a-n-n i think it is and he he he's hilarious to follow on twitter by the way but he he does like this carpool karaoke thing he's done with the guys mm-hmm. um, where he'll take them out on the car and they'll you know sing songs and there's a camera in the and then they post it on the 49ers website it's hilarious you look it up but point being he he posted something on twitter I think it was this season, not too long ago, they had a camera watching George um, and Adrian Colbert, I think it was, watching the season opener of season eight Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And he's like a little kid. And I can vouch for this because <laughs> I know the guy. But Joe Fan said, George Kittle is all of us. And and he, you could, he couldn't have said it any better because he is so relatable. He is so down to earth. That's the thing that, I love about him and I know I think it's so endearing to the fans and and here's a good great story about George I just this just popped into my head because I was at the I had the blessing pure blessing to go 
to Orlando for the Pro Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously George's very first Pro Bowl that he was uh, selected for. And it's such a fan-friendly event. I would highly recommend any football fans go to that event. It's so much fun. The They practiced at the Disney Complex, the ESPN Wide World, Wide World of Sports Disney Complex. And so there are fans everywhere around the field, in the stands, and you just have you're that close to these major you know pro bowl nfl stars and you have access to them and they're so good about signing autographs and talking to fans and and whatnot after they're done with their practices but george was the guy and i witnessed it after every single practice he did not leave the complex until everyone's autographs were signed and i'm telling you these aren't just 49er fans he won the hearts of every NFL fan there. You had Cowboy fans. You had uh, Bronco fans. You had Patriot fans. I mean, all of them. And they, and they would shout over to us, like, your son is great. We became a 49er fan now. We're going to be rooting for him. You know, and they would point out some guys that weren't quite as friendly. Um, and they loved him. Mm-hmm. People just fall in love with him because he's genuine and he's authentic. And the reason he does it is because he was once that little kid. Yeah. And he's the he knows what it feels like to look up to these these guys and he knows the impact that he can have on somebody. And it was so funny, Dave, because I'm not kidding you, the workers, the the people that had to clear the field and set up for the next day were basically standing around waiting for him to finish before they could start tearing things down. And this is and so yep. Go ahead. We called him off the field, and then we're, we're, we're leaving to go back to the locker room, and he saw fans on the other side of the field, and he's like, I can't do it. And he turned <laughs> around, and he bolted to the other side of the field to sign a, a dozen worth of fans' uh, autographs. And so that's just the kind of guy, a little glimpse. Yeah. Well, and that that was all over social media. And, again, uh, fans, uh, before we have George on, uh, Again, Shelley's uh, son-in-law, but also uh, our former Iowa Hawkeye and, of course, San Francisco 49er uh, Pro Bowl tight end and record-setting tight end in his second year. Uh, he's at GKittle46, the digits 46. So George Kittle via Twitter, at GKittle46. And the cool thing to that, Shelley, was uh, the, the one example specifically that you're talking about is a fan, I think it was from San Diego, and he had a Kittle or a 49ers jersey. And your daughter, now obviously George's <laughs> wife, uh, ran it across the field, and that's what the, or at least if you're not talking about that specific incident, it was during that whole occasion, and yes, they were talking, yeah, they were talking about other guys, other former or current athletes snubbing these guys, and it's like, hey, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fans. Now again, within reason, but the, the, George and Claire, and and they actually gave, <laughs> you, you're, I know you're happy with this. They gave more props to your daughter, his wife, <laughs> than to George. <laughs> but yeah, the she's field. the one that, that that saw him waving and and got George's attention. Went over and got the jersey, brought it to him. He signed it. She brought it back. So obviously they loved what George did. But your daughter was no uh, no small part in that. And, and again, that's what you and I are talking about, Shelley, is the relatability, the shared experience that we want all of you to feel. So yes, as Shelley said, listeners, we do want to have uh, occasionally a per- person of note or a quote-end-quote famous person. And that's only to draw attention to what we're doing in the shared experience to let everybody know, hey, they're no different than us when it comes down to 
it. Yes, they have a special talent for certain things, but I love the fact when you talk about the human aspect of your son-in-law or you know our favorite tight end with the 49ers, George Kittle. Those are some of the coolest experiences that not only make our life as the listener or the general public, but that young man who was so impressed by your daughter and her husband, your son-in-law, George Kittle, all pro or, or pro bowl tight end. Cool story. Great story. Yeah, and he, and that's just you know one example of of how who he is, and and you know you couldn't ask for a better guy to to root for. And to your point, though, I mean, if he, if you had pictures of George when he was in even a freshman in high school at mm-hmm. Iowa City West High School, you, there is no way in heck you would look at that picture and say that guy's going to be a Pro Bowler in his sec. He, that guy's even going to make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a string bean, undersized. And we're going to hear his stories uh, of, of things that he's had to overcome. And, you know, he he's he went to three different high schools. So I can tell you as a former athlete and also as a former Division One coach who recruited athletes, if you go to three different schools as a high schooler, that's a red flag for most college coaches because mm-hmm. they're wondering why is that going on. And number two, it's very difficult to be seen and to excel when you're at three different high schools. Not only because of the competition you're up against at those high schools, but now you and, and now you got to find your spot on the team, and you're playing with guys that you've never played with before, and oh by the way, you've got to try to make a name for yourself. Yeah. In, in the in the already saturated recruiting world, and and you know we we can ask George about his recruiting uh, situation because he didn't have, as most people know, he had one offer, and that was from the army. Yeah, and he didn't get called from Kirk Ferentz until literally the day of signing day. Well, and so, to your yeah, and to your point, I really want to hone in on on being a new kid. You know, like you said, um, you've got to be able to adapt to a new environment. Now, granted, um, but now this brings another piece of pressure. And in the last couple of minutes, we have this segment, and, and I'll be asking as will you, Georgie's questions. You know, a lot of answers to these questions, but for me and, and the rest of us listeners that don't know George um, only, but on TV or as a public persona, I've not had the privilege to talk to him uh, in person or, or meet him in person yet. And so I'm very much looking forward to that. My multiple many years of like you, Shelly, of interviewing athletes, coaches, former players. I've not had the privilege, but I'm looking forward to it. But to me, I just had a conversation with a couple of former major league or major league baseball players. I also do baseball shows, uh, and they talked about the pressure of having a successful dad. And for you listeners that don't know, George's dad played in the heydays of the early Iowa Rose Bowl teams of the 19, of the early 1980s. And Bruce Kittle, his dad, was a, was a famous or a very well known former Iowa Hawkeye. So George walked into that. Plus, Shelly. He's a new kid at all these different schools, so he's got to socially adapt, not just to adapt in the locker room or on the field. So again, I don't, I don't want to, you know, put it out there, but that's that's the direction I want to go. Is is I just think there is so much that this young man, and is he even twenty four yet? He is. Yes. Okay. Yes, his birthday's in October. Okay, so- has, he's twenty. 20- He's 25. Okay, so 25. 25 okay, so I, my, my point was going to be 25 and under. Most people, you know, are just getting it together. And some of the, the things you told us in the previous podcast, the, the draft story about George getting drafted in the NFL draft a couple of years ago and how well he handled that where it didn't meet other people's expectations. And as you said, and, you know, that's the true definition of character, as you know, Shelley. When others are losing their mind around you, you're the one keeping your stuff together. And it was affecting George, but he was the one who was most together. So uh, this guy definitely has 
the gentleman we're going to speak to next year, son-in-law, all, all pro or soon to be all pro, but Pro Bowl tight end George Kittle. He, to me, everything I've heard and read, and now you're telling me as well, this guy is so well-grounded from the neck up, it's almost scary to, to hear, how you know, can this really be true, good to be true type thing, Shelley. Well, I think we should get to him. I oh. think we should take a break and then on the flip side, get him on here because uh, I'm excited to talk to him as well. Yeah, we're going to find – Shelly, you might actually find out some things you don't know. Anna. <laughs> Is that good? That might scare George. Let's not say that until after we get him on the air, then we'll do that, okay? Got it. <laughs> All right. Hey, she's Shelly Tiller. I'm Dave O'Hara. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. And drum roll, we'll, we'll put it in or mentally put it in your own mind, listeners. George Kittle, the Pro Bowl tight end, uh, record-setting tight end, going into his third NFL season for the San Francisco 49ers, former Iowa Hawkeye great, and most importantly, Shelly Till, my friend and co-host, her son-in-law. So back with the ever-popular much, much more right here on Too Much Grit to Quit in just a few moments. Welcome back. This is Too Much Grit to Quit podcast by Shelly Till and my partner, Dave O'Hara. And hey, reminder, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you go on and rate it and subscribe and share with your friends and family. That way we can get more people to know about Too Much Grit to Quit, get the word out, get the stories out. And uh, like we said, if you if you like what you're hearing, feel free to follow us on social media, Twitter and Facebook. It's at the digit too much grit the digit two quit and on instagram it's a little different it's t-o-o much grit number two to quit and email much grit at at gmail.com so if you have ideas of people we should be talking to stories you want to share things you want us to look into feel free to reach out but again go ahead and rate the podcast subscribe and we'll just have a lot more fun that way but I'm Shelly Till along with Dave O'Hara, and we're going to get right to our guest of honor, the one, the only, straight out of Iowa City West, Cedar Falls Tigers, and Nompton. Sorry, I don't know the name of your Norman High School. I guess that's what it is. But he affectionately refers to it as, as Nompton, the Norman Tigers, where he did graduate from. And, you know, he's a, a, a Game of Thrones Fortnite aficionado. He is a lover of life. He's a lover of Deanie, the Bernadoodle, and my daughter, Claire. Oh, and by the way, he holds the NFL record by a tight end for most receiving yards in a single season. We have Pro Bowler, San Francisco 49er, and most importantly, my favorite son-in-law, George Kittle. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Shelly, what a promo. That was good, wasn't it? Well, then I've, I got to now say thanks for listening, folks. Have a good night. It was uh, That was some intro, Shelly. Wow, George, deservedly <laughs> so. That was awesome. That was you impressive. know, if, you're, if your other agents fall through, feel free. I'm, I'm for hire. <laughs> oh, you know, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> no one could promo you better than me, George. You know that. I feel you there. I'll give you that. So how, how are things going i know you you're in the middle of otas correct are you still with us yes yep i'm there sorry yes i'm in the middle are you of OTAs. eating no 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 you're sorry not, my, sis, my sister you're not eating panda home. are you no that it's it's my buddy trent taylor's birthday tonight. we're going to dinner later oh trent it's quality time with trent tonight yes literally very good very good all right, well, we don't want to keep you from your bromance with Trent Taylor because we know how know, important that is to you guys. I know, uh, but yeah, sorry. I'm in OTAs. I'm in phase week. Let's see, week 
week one of phase two. There's two weeks in phase one, and then I think there's three or four in phase three. I don't know. I'm getting used to it still. But uh, about halfway through it, and uh, you know, enjoying being back in California. Nice. So, George, I have to ask, though, for people that are listening, what does OTA stand for? Uh, optional training activities? I'm not really sure. I just show up, Shelly. <laughs> it just means get your butt there. Optional in quotes, right? <laughs> uh, that's all I would assume. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with the most pressing question because, as you know, the whole point of this podcast is for people to come on and share their non-sugar-coated, that's the key, stories about adversity and challenges, naysayers. And I know you've had your, your fill and your, your uh, plenty of those going way back to, as I was mentioning in the open, you know, your freshman year even in, at Iowa City West, you weren't exactly like the most statuesque, physique, football-playing, scary-looking kind of guy. That's so nice. you had to work. Well, you you say that too. Oh no, no, I'm saying that, that's a nice way to put it. No, I was oh. tiny and puny and insignificant. <laughs> so I know you've had to work your tail off in several things, and the point for this, George, is you know, people that don't know you until you've become a pro bowler at San Francisco 49ers, probably like anybody that is successful, they look at you and they think, yeah, but look at him. Now he made the Pro Bowl. He's playing NFL football. He's living out his dream. Things just come easy for him. What would you say to that? LOL, Shelly. <laughs> LOL. No. Um, I mean, luckily, um, hitting a uh, two-inch growth spurt and gaining 70 pounds for between 18 years and 22 years, that helps a lot. Um, but, no, I mean, everyone, you know, most people see the end result. Um, most people don't see, you know, everything they do from day one, whether it was waking up for, like, 5 a.m. workouts when I was 16 years old at Iowa City West or – doing the same thing getting on the practice field at norman high you better get out of practice before like 8 30 a.m because the field got too hot during fall camp um i mean I, i've been playing football my whole life and something i've always been working for so uh yeah I mean, yeah like you said people see the end result um they don't really see everything that happened before it but that's okay with me uh as long as i'm playing football i'm pretty happy this is too so much grit to quit, and she's Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara, George Till. Uh, hit your follow-up, Shelly, and then I was going to go. Uh, you really hit upon something. I was going to follow up with, but Shelly, finish your follow-up, and I'll hop in when you're done. Okay, but at first I'm going to point out you just did it again. George I did. Brilliant. He called you George Till. Did you like that, George? <laughs> no, I don't like that. Okay, I won't do it again because you're bigger than I am, but she told me yesterday, she said, great job, Dave. And she Now, Shelly, tell the listeners what the what the amended name is that, that you're presenting out there, projecting it out yes, to be. I, I was telling him about your the hashtag I, I unauthorized created, the hashtag <laughs> Kittill, K-I-T-T-I-L-L. I will say using Kittle as a hashtag is slightly difficult. There you go. So, Shelly, you can finish your follow-up, and I'll hop in after you. Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's all right. So, George, I I wanted to get just a little bit more specific, and I know you've got all kinds of examples probably that you could pull out, but can you just share kind of just, again, because we really try to relate what we're doing to the people that are listening, and they might have a little son, or they might have a nephew, or they may have a kid that they're coaching who was in your shoes and feels like there's no way in hell I'm ever going to make the NFL. So, Tell us, give us a, a specific challenge or adverse time, or maybe even a time when you had you had to deal with naysayers because we've all had to deal with them. And, and tell us about that experience. Um, huh. 
Well, I definitely hit a very, uh, I mean, just when I was younger, I hit a, like, awkward growth spurt where I was, like, six feet tall and 130 pounds. Um, couldn't really do a whole bunch. Like, I mean, I was athletic and I was kind of fast. And um, I really didn't have that many great uh, qualities other than that I loved football and that I could catch the ball. And so, you know, for, like, four years, I was a very okay football player. My mom will tell you I was the best one ever, so you know, bless her heart. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like, everyone faces challenges, and one of my challenges was I wasn't big enough. And that's uh, one thing I really focused on was I ate a ton. I know I, I think I gained, like, 30 pounds between, like, my sophomore and junior year in high school. Um, you know, that obviously helps. I went from, like, literally 150 to 180. And then just, I mean, that, that was really – for me was one of my biggest um, uh, difficulties and challenges was just my you know, body weight. I know my first three years at Iowa, I hardly played at all because I was 225 pounds and I had difficulty with the playbook. And so, um, you know, that, that's starting. I've shared it multiple times, but I mean, one of my favorite things ever was Pat Inger told me the he didn't play his first three, I think he didn't play his first few years. And he told me, Hey, I cut out, uh, I cut out booze. I cut out staying up all night. I focused more on football and I stopped fighting people. And uh, I kind of took that, you know, to heart and definitely changed my life for the better. And uh, I focused more on football rather than, you know, college. And that was another pretty big hurdle for myself. That's just one of the individual things, you know, that's caused by yourself that you have to figure out and focus on. Um, but that was another big one for me. That is well stated. Shelly, do you remember you and I talked about in a previous podcast, uh, uh, I talked to a lot of uh, Major League Baseball players, and I do another baseball show, George, and uh, the one thing was people getting out of their own way. And as Pat Angerer oh, yeah. told you and what you just said, and Shelly and I talked about that in the previous podcast. But, you know, George, um, as you and Shelly were talking about with your physical change, you know, I look at, and again, I've not had the privilege of meeting you in person or talking to you before, so I really appreciate uh, the opportunity now with uh, you and Shelly. So being a new kid, you moved around a lot. And you had, this is a double-edged sword question because I've talked to a few former major leaguers recently and their dads played before them in Major League Baseball. Some of them have handled that really well and they use it as a, a, a springboard, so to speak, in their own career. And some of them really got swallowed up in that, trying to live up the expectation and do that type of thing. For those that don't, listeners that don't know, George, your dad, Bruce, was uh, an all-everything offensive lineman at Iowa during their heydays in the early 80s, that Rose Bowl team with some of the famous guys of Chuck Long and Ronnie Harmon. So you came by it, you know, under your dad being a, a Hawkeye before you, but also being a coach and you moved around a lot. So I have a two pronged question for you. One is the mental process of being that new kid. Yeah, you're a good athlete, but as you're, you and Shelly just went through the list of high schools you attended because your dad moved with other coaching jobs, but then also trying to live. So besides being the new kid, and adjusting socially and on the field and in the locker room and to your new teammates, but then also trying to live up, or did you try to live up to your dad being a great player at Iowa before you? Uh, nice question. I like this. Thank you. Let me, let me, let me think a little bit. Um, you know, I'd say one thing I always did really well, um, or what also helped me do really well whenever I switched schools and making friends and stuff was, you know, sports are in an absolutely incredible, um, they're incredibly, they're sorry, they're, incredibly amazing like to introduce friends and make new friend groups um, you know build confidence everything and you know one thing that I you know did really well was whenever I joined a sports team it kind of it kind of forces you to have friends because you're on a team now um, mm-hmm. especially like uh, basketball is a great sport just because it's so it's such a small team um, that's that's one thing that I did really well I'm a I'm very outgoing person you can ask Shelly that uh, not very shy I talk to everybody and 
anyone. It doesn't really matter. No, really? I can tell. Anybody. Yeah, that's just that's just how I am. Uh, so that was always pretty easy for, for me, moving school to school. Like, it wasn't my favorite thing. Uh, I had great friends, obviously, West. I had great friends at Cedar Falls. And Norman was kind of a culture shock for me, mm-hmm. but I got used to it pretty. I got used to it pretty fast. But uh, yeah, no, I've always done a pretty good job with that, and I think that's really helped me along too. With uh, just from going from high school to college, meeting new people, from going to the NFL, and being able to you know bond with new teammates that are all from different assets of life, and you know are incredibly different people. I talked about a melting pot. Look at an NFL locker room; it's uh, pretty crazy just how different guys are. So being able to talk with them and understand them. Uh, it's definitely helpful, and I've always enjoyed that uh, challenge. Um, talking, uh, you know, living up to my dad. Uh, no, I, you know, I've never really had to do that. I always wanted to be as good as my dad, uh, just because he was my best friend growing up. And uh, what he did a fantastic job of is he always told me that, you know, as long as I was having fun and I was just doing the best I could, uh, you know, he was going to be proud of me no matter what. And so I never really felt any pressure at all. Um, from him from you know anyone else and i that's what i did i just played sports because i loved him so much and um you know i just kept working on working on because i knew that i wanted sports to be part of my life for the rest of my life and so i just put all my uh, put all my eggs in that basket and uh kind of rode off in the sunset with it you know still working today well those are great answers and shelly i said this to you before and i'll let you follow up in the last couple minutes we have with this segment shelly um what a well and i and i say this sincerely george i say it behind your back earlier to your mother-in-law but i'll say it now to your face or in front of uh to your mother-in-law what a well for a 25 year old guy or 25 and under shelly uh, to have that kind of perspective and at a young age uh from moving around like that and also having a dad like that uh you and your daughter are very lucky to have george and the family that's a great perspective yeah, keep talking yeah, I, I think we'll i think we'll keep them around all right all right <laughs> hey george on the uh, on the flip side of that or to kind of piggyback on that you, since we brought, brought up bruce the man who himself is taking on a new endeavor as the uh what is he the offensive line coach the offensive line coach of lipscomb academy high school in nashville tennessee with head coach trent dilfer that's awesome yeah what a the thing I love about your dad is he just like he's so he's his resume is slightly more colorful than mine, and that's it hard to do. Everything from <laughs> that is hard to do, but to a lawyer, yeah, he's everywhere. What I love about it though is that you know, and I think he's instilled this in you, uh, is to just take risks and don't be afraid and follow your heart. Your heart. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Don't 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 play it safe. So, and that, to that point, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about in, in the whole premise of this, when we talk about grit, um, I just kind of like to get what your definition of grit is, because we talk about the fact that you have to be able to take risks and, and you have to be able to uh, be willing to put yourself out there, which requires being emotionally exposed and jumping into, you know, uncharted waters. So what would you say, what does grit mean to you and how do you... How have you come uh, to to implement or include that in your, kind of your arsenal? What has made you a gritty guy? Ooh, Shelly. <laughs> I know. Taking up a definition of grit on the fly. All right, I like that. Um, you know, You're I'd good have on to the say, fly. You know, I, I'd have to say uh, grit to me is the um, confidence in yourself to do everything um, that will help you achieve your goal. So, whether Ooh, I like it. it. Mm-hmm. 
for that is, hey, I need to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to practice uh, for the next six hours. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of think grit's everything from how hard you're working to the decisions you make to the people you surround yourself with. Um, being gritty might not be pretty, but it gets the job done and gets you where you want to go. I like that. Being gritty might not be pretty. I might have. We should make T-shirts like that, Shelly. That is like our news. That is a George. Thank you. That is our new show motto, I, Shelly. I would agree with you, but I, hey, like it. I do. Let's put a quick pause on this, and, and George, if you'd be kind enough to hold uh, over for us for another segment, uh, we'd love to wrap the show up with you for another uh, good segment if you've got time for us. I can't wait. Bring it on. Ah, see, I love it, Shelly. That that's where the mother-in-law really. You could tell he was like, uh, yeah, I got other things to do. Trent Taylor's birthday is, and George, you were kind enough to uh, your uh, teammate to uh, shout him out on on Twitter today. So yes, definitely happy birthday to Trent and Shelly George. This is uh, too much grit to quit, listeners. And Shelly George and I, Dave O'Hara, will be back with in, with more in just a few moments of too much grit to quit. And Shelly, say it with me. Sometimes being gritty isn't pretty, right? Is that what George just said? That's right. Sometimes being pretty, it ain't pretty. Fantastic. We'll work on that. We will. We will. And, George, I'm going to hit my mark this time. She's Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara. He's George Kittle. Got it right this time, guys. Here we go. Back with more. (laughs) Too much grit to quit in just a few moments. Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. This is Shelly Till alongside my partner, Dave O'Hara. And we have all pro bowler. George Kittle, San Francisco 49er, former Iowa Hawkeye, and my very favorite son-in-law, married to my daughter, Claire. George Kittle is joining us, ladies and gentlemen. George, thanks for being here tonight. You know what, Shell? I wouldn't miss it for the world, and you're getting better introductions. I like that one, too. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I, I've shortened that one up a little bit for you. Slightly, but there's a lot of good names. I felt like a king or something. There's so many adjectives I could use for you. Thank you. Um, so we were talking about your definition of grit, which I loved you when you said uh, being gritty isn't always pretty. And yes. so we, we talked about your early kind of formative years and, and the impact that your dad had on you. But let's kind of push it forward a little bit um, into the college realm. And I mentioned before you joined us that you had one offer, correct, from Army? I had, relax, shall I, had three. Oh, sorry. Well, Army's the only one I heard of. (laughs) Well, it was close. It was Navy, Air Force, and Weber State in Ogden, Utah. Okay, I screwed that up. I knew it was military. Yeah, you're close. That's why you had the military cut. I don't think I have one right now. So, anyway, Ellis, take us through what that felt like to be... That was your dream, and... Those that's where you sat, and you didn't get a call from Kirk Ferentz from Iowa until the day of signing day. Tell, take us yeah. through the emotions, if I'm you can, sure. transport um, back into well, that time. Since the, age of, since the age of five, I'm pretty sure my only two dreams my entire life were to play at Iowa and then to play in the NFL. So I accomplished my first one. I knew that my second one had an actual chance. Um, so that was the first feeling that I felt uh, that was pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, no, that was a that was a very interesting time because I uh, I literally had those three offers. I was um, my dad was saying talking to me about um, what was it gray shirting at Iowa because he thought it was the best thing for me to do at the time, and I was like, well, that's an extra year of college. That sounds exhilarating. <laughs> um, but so um, yeah, it turned out my dad told me right before I left for school on signing day, he's like, hey, I, if 
basically if two guys sign somewhere else, you're the next guy in line. And I was like, well, cool. I'm going to wear my Iowa t-shirt for good luck and see what happens. Two hours after the signing stuff happens, uh, I get a call from Coach Ferris. Um, asked if I wanted to be an Iowa Hawkeye, and that was pretty incredible. That was one of the best moments of my life. You know, we're, cer- sure. we're certainly glad that Kirk make that, made that phone call. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> well, you know, George, we talk about pressure and, and how you handle it, and you're able to sort things out. And obviously being a, a Pro Bowl tight end and for a great organization, historical organization like the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, before that, before you do so well, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on. You mentioned a former teammate of yours, Pat Angerer, but, you know, you go before that and you look at Dallas Clark. And then so you didn't feel the pressure so much as your dad being a Hawkeye before you. But then you're at tight end or the newly named, at least, in the last 20 years under Coach Ferentz as a head coach once uh, Hayden Fry retired, it's become tight end university, and it really has with Dallas Clark and you know a, a history of guys coming there from Iowa. Another guy I know pretty well, and you know, uh, Brandon Myers. I've had the occasion to talk with Brandon, and he didn't you know set the world on fire at Iowa, but you know, and, or as a prep at uh, a PCM outside of Des Moines, and but went to Iowa and had a nice NFL career after Iowa, and then of course we talk about yourself, and then we mentioned now this year with TJ Hawkinson and uh, Noah Fant, and it's just fun to watch you on Twitter. And again, fans, uh, to follow George, uh, please go to at GKittle, the digits 46, his college number, at GKittle46. George Kittle, our guest, uh, all pro, our Pro Bowl tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm Dave O'Hara. Shelly Till also with us and the mother-in-law, most importantly, of George Kittle. And and Shelly, we talk, uh, you know, you and I did uh, off the air and now we bring it on the air. You know, George, I take a look at all the great players before you and after you. And so obviously there's a common bond of that brotherhood. But again, I go into that pressure, and I'll mention another guy, your teammate at Iowa and now with the 49ers, um, C.J. Beathard. And, you know, was a quarterback at Iowa, and, and not, he got picked in the third round. And your mom took us through a story last week's podcast about during draft day, you know, and C.J. went ahead of you to the team that you ended up going to. So a lot of people thought you were going to go earlier. And your mother-in-law so aptly put it, and Shelly said, you know, Dave, everybody else was so frustrated with other expectations and why isn't George going here and how does it go into day three of the draft? And, you know, for listeners that don't know, the NFL draft is on Thursday, day one, first round, Friday, uh, rounds two and three for day two. And then each night you got to sit there and wait for Saturday, rounds three through seven, which you were picked in the fifth round, two rounds after your teammate CJ Beathard. So it appears to me, just hearing your mother in law talk, but also other people and now you, how you got that gift to be able to compartmentalize and not get caught up in all of that and go, well, geez, CJ went ahead of me. Yeah, I'm happy for my teammate and my buddy, but I was supposed to go before him. So I'm just curious and just hearing you talk, too, of all these guys ahead of you and around you, you have just got a great way of handling that. I'm just, I'm just curious if you're conscious of that or you have to work at that or does that just come natural for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. I, I work out a lot of things. Um, a lot of, uh, like you said earlier, I think there's a lot of, you know, you got to get out of your own way sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I do, do my best to think of uh, the obstacles that I put in front of myself and how to get uh, around them or through them, whatever it takes. Uh, so, yes, that part is thought out a lot. But I'm also um, literally probably one of the most positive people in the world. I wake up every single day. My glass is overflowing. I'm happy really no matter what. Um, I, and a lot of the reason is, like, I get paid to play football. I live in California, and it's never colder than 60 degrees outside. 
So I'm pretty happy with the opportunity that I'm at, and it's pretty hard for me to ever be upset. So when I got drafted in the fifth round, uh, my first thought was, well, I just achieved my dream, and I got to do something with it. Um, And it just makes me excited. Um, I mean, I showed up day one of OTAs, and they just signed both tight ends back to uh, multi-million dollar deals. Um, They just signed an eighth-year vet um, in Logan Paulson. Um, and then there is an also uh, Blake Bell from the, the old Belldozer from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. also in the room. And then we signed another, you know, undrafted free agent. So I, I went in there and it wasn't more of a, uh, you know, like, you know, cause I, mean, I never, I was drafted in fifth round. Like, I'm okay with that. I, I wish I would have gone the first. Yeah, it sounds a lot more fun. Signing bonus is a lot cooler. <laughs> but you know, I, it's fifth round, it's the fifth round. So I'm excited about, you know, I'm just happy to get the opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, I went into that room and, you know, with, you know, what was it? Yeah, uh, three vets and one other rookie. Uh, I just showed up and I went to work every day and kept a positive attitude. If even if I you know messed up a play because you know, the new offense stuff like that, didn't really care about it. And uh, you know, CJ being there just made it all the easier because he was a quarterback into the offense. So uh, I, mean, I, I just try to take advantage of every opportunity that I'm given and not kind of uh, get sour if it's not exactly the way I want it to be. You know, Shelly, that is so much what you and I talk about off the air and uh, and now on the air. What the whole point of the program is not getting caught up or coveting what somebody else has and just staying positive. And again, you know, you and I are of an older age, as are a lot of our listeners. And here's a guy, 25. And again, I'm just shaking my head going, wow, you know, the positivity as he just, as George just talked about, this is the whole point of what you and I talked about of doing this is, you know, not looking around other people and saying, okay, I need to follow this guy's lead or worry about this guy. And uh, boy, this is everything you and I talked about, Shelly. <laughs> yeah, I told you he's kind of a, a, a good a good dude. Uh, George, George, you um, that positivity and that just that mental attitude, and and I know you you know this is my thing, so we're, we're going to get into this. But um, where where do you draw that? It's just two parts. Where do you draw that from? Because that's a some some people are born that way, but you really you learn that somehow you either you absorb it from your environment or you had a mentor and I know your dad is one of those people but if there's anybody else um or or where you where you garnered that positive muscle and then also I want to take it a step further so when you're on the field now you've got two years under your belt with the 49ers you've obviously taken the opportunity the bull by the horns and then some what what tactics do you use when you're in the heat of a game? Because it's sports and you, people, you know, you, you fail, you make mistakes all the time. It's just, it's the nature of the beast and it's the people that can overcome those and bounce back quicker onto the next play that tend to be more successful. You have obviously figured out how to do that. So what tactics besides just having a positive mental attitude, are there things specifically that you say to yourself that you do when you're on the field to kind of get through those moments and move on to the next play? Who, Shelly. All right. Run me through <laughs> the first one real quick one more time. Where do I draw my positivity from? Yes. All right. Um, drawing a positivity. Uh, holy cow. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Um, I just know that when I was a kid, um, my dad taught me like several lessons. So just like, you know, let's like go with the basic one, treat others how you want to be treated. And I always want to be treated really nicely. So I was always just really nice to people. Um, that was always part of it. And just, you know, being a kid growing up, but, uh, I just, uh, I'm one of the, I just, I love life because, you know, you get to enjoy so many things. You get to, uh, you know, 
incredible, you know, incredible experiences, you know, becoming a parent, getting married, uh, you know, buying the first house, doing her, like all these experiences. So, you know, I'm looking forward to all those. And so I just wake up every day saying, hey, I'm one step closer to, um, yeah, being a dad. No surprises right now, Shelly, but that's one of my goals. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I well, I feel like I just have all these things that I want to do in my life. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to, you know, not enjoy the whole ride there. Um, right. Just kind of, I've always thought. The journey, uh, not the destination. Oh, gosh, no. No, I, I, like I said, when I wake up in Iowa, um, I was, like, for example, like, Tuesday morning at Iowa, you wake up at uh, 5 a.m. going to your lift, and it's body weigh-in day. And if you're not within uh, two pounds heavy or two pounds light of the weigh-in, uh, you get in trouble. And I stepped on the scale, and I was about eight pounds under. So I had like 30 minutes to shut eight Powerades. And I still enjoyed that just because it was you know, part of the journey. Wow, I, I there are you know most people have to cut it down, Shelley. But George got to got to oh, enjoy he got to enjoy the enjoy the overindulgence. So you know, George, in the last uh, couple minutes we have for you for this program, and I like the way your mother in law has already said, Shelley, uh, my on air partner here, just said that you know you'll be back for more. So we'll wrap this segment and this show up with you uh, by saying this: you've got a special announcement to make to our listeners and potential future subscribers. So lay it on us, George. All right, here it is. All you fans out there, all you listeners, all you sports fans, all, all you guys with too much grit. grit. Um, with you, to all new followers, all new listeners, if you subscribe to the podcast, if you follow on Twitter, if you follow on Instagram, you put your name in a hat, you put your name in, uh, winner uh, that will be randomly drawn, uh, will get a game use signed pair of gloves from me from the 2018 season. So that will happen at the end of OTAs. So you've got about six weeks from the origination of this podcast, the middle of June. And George knows this, Shelley. He said June 13th is the last day of OTAs. And George, uh, on the way out in the last minute or, ha- a minute or two we have with you here, I do want you to talk just a little bit about, you know, uh, you, you mountain climb with your dad. You used to, but not anymore since you became a professional athlete. And the Niners were like, no, nah, we're not so big into that anymore. But I do love the fact, do you still get letters from your dad pregame and you read them on the bus ride or the, the way to the game? I think that is probably one of the coolest things I think I've ever heard. And Shelly and I have talked about having anchors in your life. And obviously, uh, you're close to your mother and your family and your mother-in-law. But that bond, as you mentioned about your dad and you being friends, I think that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever read or heard about somebody. Do you still get letters from your dad before the games? Uh, yes, that is uh, definitely the highlight um, of my Sunday. Not, yeah, it, uh, and uh, he's been doing it since my since I started playing in college. So my red shirt freshman year he started sending me uh wow sending me letters for every single game uh he writes it out it's anywhere from three pages to like seven pages full of images coaching tips um talking about the rivalry between the games so for example an iowa game if it was iowa um iowa iowa state you know just give it that it would be um luckily uh, you know me and my dad are very uh we have a great relationship um, so his letters are often full of uh, cuss words and uh, also very <laughs> inspirational and also very, very full of quotes from his favorite rock bands um, like Rise Against or um, they probably I got a couple of Metallica quotes in there as well. But um, they're so unique, each one and the rivalries he talks about, especially because he played them in Iowa. So those are like storytelling. He'd tell me like, 
from, hey, 1979 when we played Iowa State, you know, this and this, this was the atmosphere, this was the feeling. So being, being able to visualize that stuff through him was also so fun because he's such a great writer. Um, and then the NFL ones are kind of fun too because they're so different because he didn't play in the NFL and he doesn't, you know, he wasn't a Oakland Raider that had a rival with San Francisco 49ers. Says he doesn't know what that felt like, but he does such a fantastic job about he researches it and then he puts in he'll put in fun facts about the rivalry stuff like that and then he breaks down the opposing team so there's just so much to every letter um and yeah i, I read it for every single game when i'm on the way to the bus when i'm on the bus on the way to the stadium um and it's yeah like i said it's my favorite part about Sunday. well what i love about that a bay former bay area band metallica and then a nice little midwestern chicago band rise against so your dad kind of running many generations there running a whole gamut and shelly before i say my goodbyes to george and the listeners um as his mother-in-law but also uh as uh, half of this show and too much grit to quit i'm dave o'hara she's shelly till we have george kittle with us shelly Minute and a half, two minutes to give some uh, mother-in-law advice here. What do you got to say to your uh, son-in-law right now? Oh, George, you love it when I give you advice. I already, I, I did tell. <laughs> I spilled the beans on the day that you called to ask uh, if you could ask Claire to marry you about my little uh, my little pep talk I gave you. You remember that? I do remember that. Okay, very good. I'm good at giving advice. I even wrote him a really cool letter before they got married. That was that was probably the best one you've done, Shell. That was really impressive. Well, give us some feel details. Free. Give us some details yeah, on that one. Oh, you want you want me to give details? <laughs> a few, a few, a little bit. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit, just a little taste. What was your favorite Shelly, part? Shelly knows my love and my infatuation with the WWE. Um, just wrestling. <laughs> I just love it. I love the heck out of it. And that's your and cover so, photo on your Twitter. Uh, on your Twitter, yeah. you've got you wrestling. That's awesome. Yeah, that is me doing so cold stunner SC Pro wrestling, uh, SCW Pro, sorry. But anyway, sorry, let me go back. Um, but she broke the whole letter down into, because uh, I think you said it was a you know, man and a woman, they got married inside of a WWE wrestling ring. And it talked about how there were um, like the posts of your relationship that keep you in the ring, and then also the bands that go around the ring that keep you in the ring, which is like keeping you in your marriage. Like the, so basically the posts of your life with your wife and also the things that are going to help keep you together. And it was just really cool and inspirational and Shelly knocked it out of the ballpark. That is really cool. So Shelly, you're sliding right in there on Bruce Kittle territory there with the, with the great letter, huh? Well, Wow, wow, very cool. Well, Shelly, George, and, and Shelly, especially to you, thanks for bringing uh, George into this. And George, also thanks to you uh, for not just uh, appeasing your mother-in-law, but being a part of Too Much Grit. And Shelly, we're going to use that tagline, being gritty isn't always pretty, that George said earlier. We are. And I'm going to throw one thing in here that you will never hear from another podcast that you are on again the rest of your life, unless you come back on this one. Oh, Thanks, but thanks George, and I love you. Oh, there we go, Joe. <laughs> right there in front of God and everybody. All right, we, George, we greatly appreciate it. And again, for new subscribers and uh, new uh, uh, followers of this followers. podcast and social media, George is going to do what again, George? Give it to us one more time, please. Game-worn gloves that are signed from the 2018 season uh, that I broke the NFL record on. 
There you go, right there. So you got six weeks till the middle of June, June 13th, the last day of OTAs that George is involved in with the 49ers right now. Major, major, major thanks to George Kittle, uh, Pro Bowl tight end and record-setting tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, formerly the Iowa Hawkeyes. Most importantly, my on-air partner, Shelly Till's son-in-law and uh, Claire Till's husband. So all those important things, I'm Dave O'Hara. For the aforementioned uh, Shelly Till and George Kittle, I'm Dave O'Hara. And too much grit to quit. That's all from us. Thanks to all of you. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams.